politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to guard our freedoms. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house here at CR Podcast Blaze Media for Tuesday, April 6th. And I can never forget that day. It is the first birthday of our daughter, Miriam. She was born this time last year when the tyranny was beginning. And I was thinking today as we celebrate her birthday, she has never lived a day of her life in a free country. Won't know what it's like to live free. I look in her beautiful eyes, beautiful face, and think, man, in 12 months from now, the Nazi Gestapo could be after her and force a mask on her face. Heck, they could do it earlier, claiming she's already two. How did we get here? How do we not realize the predicament that we're in? I've always shirked away from using the Nazi comparison. The left always does it. But I'm here to tell you today that that comparison is more apt than you could ever imagine. They used public health as the lead ship in the Nazi armada to take away people's rights. The problem too many of us you know, don't realize and we're just obscured from understanding it is the fact that we think history has to play out exactly in the same way with the same means and same ends and same outcomes in order to manifest itself broadly the same way it did before. So everyone's like, well, there they used it for eugenicism only to protect a certain race and they went after certain other races But somehow it's okay if you use public health to say all of humanity is a threat to the elites. And they could subjugate humanity as long as they're not targeting one race or religion. Now let's put aside the fact that if you look carefully, there actually is racial overtures going on here. They are targeting and not targeting certain people. But it's different and the same at the same time. It's different that back then, you know, it was the Aryan race that they protected and they went after other people. They went after blacks. They went after Jews, obviously. Um, In this case, in many ways, it's the other way. They're going after whites in particular, but everyone, except for illegal aliens, except for BLM protests. Because it's rooted in the same point. It's about empowerment and control. So whatever controlled them back then, they felt it would resonate with the people to promote Arianism. So they used public health as a tool to that end. Nowadays, people aren't into that. So they'll play on other things, but they'll use the same means of public health. If you can't see that, you're blind. Yesterday, we had the story of this couple that had a two-year-old, evidently just turned two, year old daughter that had some sort of special needs and a pregnant mother they were kicked off the plane because the two-year-old was eating and you know you had this story in calgary i mentioned this to to kara on uh, one america's news network yesterday i was on her show and i i 
said, you know, when everyone was playing the video of this pastor that finally stood up to the police that came in on Easter and said, hey, you're a bunch of Nazis. Get out, you Nazis. And I said, you know, there everyone was cheering him on. In British Columbia, there was a story where they kicked the health officials out and all the public was chanting against them. In America, they chant against the couples that get kicked off the plane. They chant with the fascism in many respects. Now, this case might not have been quite as bad, but some of these others, they were applauding when they got kicked off the plane. If you tell me that's not Nazism, you're not paying attention. Look at how harsh this notion that another human being without any evidence to process symptoms or anything is a threat to you. The notion that you could criminalize their breath and force them to cover their face. Not just a yellow star on your lapel, on your nose and mouth. And you tell me this is not Nazi Germany? No, I'm not saying it's Mengele in the concentration camp in 1942, but I am saying it's in the early to (laughs) mid-30s. Well, what happens if you don't stop it then? You know, just a year ago, a year ago on this date, I published an article that red lines have been crossed with these orders. This was a year ago. I wrote... We now have the most severe, widespread, and protracted form of martial law in our nation's history, except, of course, as applies to dangerous criminals who are undeterred and released. How much worse will we allow this to get until we call a foul on these gross constitutional violations? The Supreme Court has said many times there are times when life, liberty, and property can be infringed upon, but it must be narrowly tailored to the least invasive means needed to achieve the compelling and substantial state interest, what is happening now is anything but narrow. And I go through some examples that occurred at the time. 19-year-old woman was given a citation and forced to go back home after a state trooper in York County, Pennsylvania, caught her simply going for a drive. She was in the car alone, the ultimate social distancing. There is no way under any emergency power that such a broad, arbitrary, and gratuitous edict can be justified under the Constitution. And then I noted at the time that subways were still opened. Um, Numerous states have arbitrarily banned non-essential medical services. I talked about the paddle border in L.A. County was arrested for being in the ocean alone. Um, And uh, I talked about curfews going on. And here we are, a year later. Oh, I talked about Google developing a tool to track people to see if they're following the edicts. And I asked at the time, why is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis the only leader who recognizes that, quote, we can't start ripping up the Constitution? Remember, if we don't rise up now, these tyrants are just getting started. If you are wondering what is in store for us in the coming days, just look at what some other countries that were less free than we were to begin with have been doing. Panama now requires men and women to go out for essential services only on alternating days, and nobody is allowed out on Sunday. Some Eastern European countries are clamping down on freedom of speech. If you think this won't happen in America, just step back and take stock of how much power has been seized in just three weeks. 
It's one thing to declare a lockdown for 24 hours based on concern of an existential emergent threat, but we are into the fourth week of this, and all the models that guided leaders were proven wrong from day one. Are we going to remain like frogs in boiling water? I wrote this a year ago. Fourth week. And here we are in what? The 56th week or something? And we are like frogs in boiling water. We've now accepted that even after a vaccine, something we could have never envisioned, even as bad as things were April 6th of last year, that we'd continue going on like this. We'd allow this. Governor Lockdown Larry Hogan of Maryland announced that vaccines are available for everyone above 16. Again, and let's put aside your concerns about the vaccine, my concerns about it. In their mind, this is the golden ticket. This is God's greatest uh, invention. Well, no timeline to ending the masks. And that is by design. Because public health, we could determine that you are a threat to us. Folks, this has gone on so long that we've become desensitized. Now, I mentioned last week Kristen Megan, one of our industrial hygienists that uh, we have on the show to talk about the fallacy of masks and how it violates OSHA regulations. So I sent her and Tammy Clark up to North Dakota to testify on behalf of a bill, in favor of a bill, to end all the local mask mandates that haven't been ended. And the Republicans there are giving a very hard time passing that out of the Senate, passed narrowly out of the House. She couldn't board a Delta flight, even though she had a doctor's exemption for being a rape victim who had her mouth covered. And it triggers um, PTSD to cover her mouth. And they didn't let her board that flight. You tell me COVID fascism is not Nazism. Our very own Shannon Joy, talk show host in Rochester, New York, Monroe County. We've had her on a couple times. We might have her on tomorrow or later this week. She's our super activist guide. And she's been very active, obviously, in fighting COVID fascism in Monroe County, New York. She had a whole story there where her daughter is on a volleyball team, 12-year-old daughter, in a private Christian high school or middle school or whatever. And they all have to wear masks while playing volleyball. Again, sadistic, satanic, no evidence. It harms them. No benefit. To my knowledge, they never did that in Nazi, Nazi Germany, but that's not even the point here. So they call her up from the school. The school nurse calls her up and says, hey, you know, um, your daughter needs to go into mandatory quarantine. Like, what, huh? Someone tested positive. Well, it happened to be she was out that day. She wasn't even at the practice. And somehow the state got a hold of it, or the county, and the county calls her up and says, you're locked down. So here you have kids 12 years old where the virus is less than anything they've ever experienced. Someone asymptomatically tests positive and she wasn't even there that day, and they could just say, you are under house arrest for 10 or 14 days or whatever. Now, we'll have her on later this week. She'll talk about it. But basically, they sent the police to her house, armed, intimidating her, 
to try to enforce this. Folks, this is a year into a virus that spread to half the... the, We're at the point where, unless you stayed home your whole life, there is no human being alive in this country that either didn't get the virus or was already exposed to a person who had it. That's why the whole notion of quarantining exposure is a joke, because we're not talking about 10 people like Ebola. We're talking about everyone already was exposed to it. For most people, it's a nothing It's not quarantinable. If they have the power to do this without due process to put you under house arrest, there's quite literally nothing they could ever do. Remember, we started out that you don't understand. This is urgent, emergent, exigent circumstances. Once in a generation, once in a lifetime, hospitals are going to be overrun. Okay, well, that's kind of a bright red line. That's something that's very distinguishable from a normal circumstance. As we predicted from day one in, in March of last year, this was a lie. But here we are a year later, when now it's literally like an asymptomatic flu for most people in terms of a state vital interest, right? Because because of the natural immunity and the vaccination, there's there's nothing left to, to flood the hospitals. Even if you have in some areas where you didn't reach herd immunity, you have a little bit of an uptick. An uptick of what? And then for kids? If they could do that... Tell me, what can government cannot do to you? If government could shut your nose and your mouth for hours on end as a worker in, in, in the schools, on an airplane, what can they not do to you? When you're not sick, you have, you have nothing. You already had it. You, you had the vaccine. If they could just call you up and say, you're locked down for mass testing of something that's less than endovirus for kids and a typical flu. What can they not do? We've already empowered them more than Nazi Germany. And remember, this stuff always starts out very nice. They don't say we're here to kill you and put you in a concentration camp. People forget that Nazi Germany, they were very into health. They had all these campaigns against drinking and smoking. They're actually one of the earliest to really go after smoking. There was an article written in 1996, the 50th anniversary of the Nuremberg trial for the doctors. It was in the Journal of the Royal Society of Medicine. Disease and Dictatorship, the Case of Hitler's Reich. And they note, 50 years after the so-called doctor's trial at Nuremberg, it may be timely to review what we now know of the role played by the German medical profession in promoting Hitler's dictatorship. One of the few points of general agreement arising from the extensive writings on the Fuhrer's own physical and psychological case history is that throughout his career, he himself was deeply absorbed by exaggerated anxieties about his health. With the convergence of hypochondria and paranoia may indeed, while the convergence of hypochondria may indeed be a leading theme in his own personal biography, it is no less important to recognize that Hitler's fears about disease operate on the collective plane as well. They did so even to the extent of pervading his whole world outlook and of offering a privileged status to certain versions of medical authority. So it's worth taking a a look at this again. Disease and Dictatorship, the Case of Hitler's Reich, Journal of Royal Society of Medicine, 1996, if you want to take a look at it. But they note that it didn't, you know, eventually it went into euthanasia, compulsory sterilization, genocide and experimentation on non-consensual individuals. But it started out, doctors could hardly fail to recognize 
that there were some constructive aspects to Nazi health policy. It offered continuity with certain features of a Weimar welfare program whose progress had been um, uh, imperiled by the weak government and supporting a tougher regime. The medical profession certainly exposed itself to the coercive force of an enlarged state, but there, were, were, there was some positive influence from the doctor's side too. Concerning the cult of racial hygiene, Proctor comments, this is a guy they quote, one could well argue that the Nazis were not properly speaking abusing the results of science, but rather were merely putting into practice what doctors and scientists themselves had initiated. Many of the latter had long nurtured a reductionist biologism, suggesting that theirs was the key to some technical fix for all major social problems. While that belief facilitated their intellectual collusion with Nazism, so too did the new regime's own concern publicly to exploit rather than ever to repudiate the scientific renown earned by Germany over recent decades. In the medico-biological sphere especially, the Third Reich even enlarged the professional infrastructures with reference to such features as research institutes and journals. Moreover, it is plain that some areas of practical health treatment and education fared quite well between 1933 and 1939. For example, cancer care, dentistry, um, midwifery, breastfeeding, x-ray screening for tuberculosis, campaigns against alcohol and tobacco use, control of environmental toxins. In those domains, the Nazis showed some real concern for promoting what we might call community medicine. So if anything... They actually had legitimate scientific advances, whereas now we're literally going backwards with everything. We're censoring and banning medicines that work and promoting garbage that doesn't work and causes the reduction in cancer screenings and surgeries and everything. So if anything, this is starting out much worse than the Nazi German public health was then. Too many people only, the chills only go up their spines when they start targeting certain people. So somehow it's okay because they're doing it to the general population. But that is the era we live in. We live in tyranny at the hands of elites to subject their, subjugate their own people. And again, when they start saying colored people only vaccination lines, they are promoting that. When they say you need a vaccine passport or now you need um, a, a negative test to fly back into America as an American citizen, but you could just run over our border and harass the ranchers and then be released when you're caught, and you certainly don't have any positive tests when you come across the border, any negative tests, you see you do have your chosen people. It just manifests itself with the spirit of the age. What is popular in popular culture? Back then, people really promoted the majority demographic in their country. That's how the world was. Today, it's kind of a self-immolation. You promote others instead. So you'll use whatever tugs at people's heartstrings, whatever is considered or whomever is considered to benefit from the racial pyramid that we have today, which is the same idea, just you know, different people, that's used as a tool to control. But nonetheless, the same idea that you could shout public health to demonstrate that some individual or group of people, or it could be a broader array of people, are a threat to you, and the state has unlimited power to deal with that, that is the core of what allowed the Fourth Reich, the Third Reich to get off the ground and has allowed the Fourth Reich in America and other countries across the globe to get off the ground since last March. It's whatever empowers them. That's what it is. It's plain and simple.
And I want to introduce you guys to um, today's sponsor, something that you're not going to have to pay a dime for. In fact, you are going to make money off of it. Those of you not getting endless handouts from government, well, you need to find other ways to support your family. That's why I recommend Gabby Insurance. If you're looking to save money on homeowners or auto insurance, what if I told you you could save an extra $961 a year? What Gabby Insurance basically does is it's an online um, portal. You, you go to Gabby Insurance, and you can get a free evaluation of your existing plans. They take the pain out of shopping for insurance, so they'll go and run your plan. You type in their information. It doesn't take that long, and they'll give you an apples-to-apples comparison from 40 top insurance providers. So just link your current insurance account, and in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes on the exact same coverage. I I thought I had amazing plans because I've been with them for years, so they didn't save me 961 as they do on average. They saved me close to 400 more on auto than homeowners. Um, but for a lot of people, it's going to be a lot more than that. If they can't find you savings like they did for me, guess what? You'll at least have for free the peace of mind knowing that you hit rock bottom. They'll never sell your info. They'll never give you annoying spam likely you are overpaying on car and homeowners insurance see how much gabby can save you it's a it's a simple tool to use it's just free to check no obligation go to gabby.com slash daniel that's g-a-b-i.com slash daniel again gabby.com slash daniel so folks one thing i found fascinating yesterday um cdc Everyone's talking about this. They came out and said that the focus on hygiene is nothing but theater. Less focus on sanitation and more focus on ventilation. Now, I think some people on my side are taking the wrong idea out of it. Some of my allies are like, you see, well, we knew that 12 months ago. Well, I think they're coming from a different source. I, I actually do believe fomites are a bigger deal than they're making it out to be. I'm not saying it's the dominant thing. I'm not saying we need to be worried about it. I'm not worried about any of this because I think, you know, it's garbage. And if you're at risk, take prophylaxis and that's it. But um, if this is what floats your boat, I actually think they're they're lying, especially about oral fecal. So I think the opposite. They're doing this because sanitation takes the focus off of masking. They have to make it about masks. Really, they've been doing this for months, if you notice. They've, de- they've de-emphasized it. Now they officially came out and said it's not a problem. But no one has been doing this. This is why they touch each other, hug each other, kiss each other, as long as you're wearing their mask. Because there is no tyranny in Purell. There's no Purell. It's not evident if, you're, if you have Purell on your hands. That's why they're not into it. It's not a source control of social control, like masking is. Now, obviously, those of you who listen to this show know that ventilation also is a refutation to them, but people don't realize that. They think, oh, it's the air, so it's in the air, so I need to wear a mask. No, they make it about droplets. It's not, it's about aerosols. They're right, ventilation does matter. 
not masks, either to kill or dilute it. This is what we should have done from day one. If you need dilution and ventilation, that means masks don't work. As Stephen Petty, our resident industrial, certified industrial hygienist, said on the show a couple weeks ago, this is what we could have done from day one for a fraction of the cost. Imagine if government would have just paid to install these HEPA filters or these. there's better stuff that even kills the stuff. And given people cheap prophylaxis, this thing would have been gone. Every nursing home should have had this and prophylaxis. But the point is, they are um, they're de-emphasizing. And by the way, in the original ventilation thing that came out, their paper on ventilation, it came out March 23rd. There's something very interesting here. They note there, they try to talk about 100 micron particles. Okay? You know, because they want to make it about droplets. But then later on, if you look at the fine print, they start talking about the 0.1 microns, the little guys, 5 microns or less. But 0.1 microns. Okay, so so most of the virons are really one one thousandth of what they're focused on. Instead of 100 microns, it's it's one-tenth of a micron. And they note that they could take days, hours to days to settle, just like Stephen Petty told us. So the whole mass thing is a lie. They remain suspended in the air. If someone spits a droplet that's 100 microns, it's small, but it's large. I mean, it's 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 not microbiology. You see it. It's it's like a like a spit droplet. How long does that take to get to the ground? How far could that travel? Not very far. It it settles on the ground in a second. It's done. It would have to land in someone's mouth before that. How often does that happen? Very not often, always, and certainly now that people are you know, more or less staying away from each other. How did it spread so, so prolifically? It's the aerosols. We always knew that. But they couldn't tell you that because if they told you that, then their whole thing's a lie. That's what I'm telling you. The science, just like it was in Nazi Germany, is whatever gives them more control. Back then, what they knew would resonate with people is Aryan supremacism. Nowadays, that doesn't resonate. So it has to be just a more general fear. But they're going to use what the science is going to dictate whatever gives them more control. They don't want to talk about fomites because it doesn't really control you to put on Purell like a mask does. It's not visible. But again, anyone who's smart enough to understand this knows that it can't be about droplets because they don't get into your deep lungs. They rarely get in your mouth to begin with. I mean, it's pretty disgusting. I'm not saying it never happens, but it wouldn't account for this many cases. It's the small things that get into your deep lungs. They suspend... They travel far. They remain suspended. That's why indoors, assuming someone is immunobiologically predisposed to spread it and get it, which is not everyone, this is why, um, you know, they cannot tell the truth about it. 
The question is, are we, are we going to buy into it? That's the question. And we still are, just like in Nazi Germany. Truly, truly sad. You know what's also funny about Nazi Germany? Um, there was this other paper from December 20, 2004, Lifestyle, Health, and Health Promotion in Nazi Germany. And you could find it online at ncbi.nlm at the NIH website. It's one of their published papers. Clearly, there were considerable links between the promotion of particular lifestyles and the racial hygiene movement. Tobacco and alcohol were seen as genetic poisons leading to degeneration of the German people. Since racial hygiene has been so strongly linked to the horrors of Nazi Germany, <clears throat> particularly the murder campaigns against Jews, homosexuals, travelers, and those deemed to be mentally and physically defective, there was a resistance to the authoritarian control of lifestyles. An immigrate Jewish physician and campaigner against the Nazi regime, Martin Gumpert, Consider the lifestyle campaigns to be a cover-up for the fact that health in Nazi Germany deteriorated dramatically. Gumpert proclaimed that, quote, the abstinent Hitler, who from conviction never takes a drop of alcohol, now drives the people at whose head he stands into fatal alcoholism. Think about the fact how under the guise of protecting health, they made everyone mentally ill in this country. They harmed people with physical disabilities. They drove people into alcohol, certainly, but even more so dangerous drugs and suicide. Put off proven health care and medical procedures for unproven garbage. Induced obesity in this country to the magnitude of 30 to 40 pounds more per person. Plummeted people's already deficient vitamin D levels. Man, who's to say there's something new under the sun? History is always bound to repeat itself. But again, it's not going to be 100% the same playbook in every which way. Oh, come on, Daniel. This is not Nazism. Ah, there, they targeted the Jews or they targeted this. Here, it's, it's, it's they're doing it to everyone. First of all, not really everyone. There is a double standard. But if you understand what they're trying to achieve with it, the it is the same thing what they're doing to us. Why they're doing it in that way, yeah, it manifests itself to grease whatever tyranny you have at that moment. The tyranny today is with a little different flavor. But it's being used as that source control nonetheless. So that's what we have here. Now, folks, I do have some good news on the legislative front. A friend of mine, Don Kiefer, she is a legislator from York, Pennsylvania. She's introduced a bill to to um, make it that just clear that doctors could prescribe off-label uh, prophylaxis for hydroxychloroquine and um, ivermectin. So there's, there's that there. We have a New Hampshire passport bill, a bill that's going to um, bar vaccine passports. We'll talk about that, hopefully. We'll have news on that when that comes out. But I want to move back to where we are politically. We have had a Republican Party that outside of one or two officials, nobody has stood up to any of this. Any of this. 
Yesterday, this is from Mediate, McConnell defends Fauci amid criticism from colleagues. He's the most reliable witness I've seen. I think he's the principal person we've relied on the last couple of years that's become somewhat controversial, I gather. But we have to take advice from somebody, and he's the most reliable witness I've seen. This is the Republican leader agreeing to the chief Nazi on the issue of our time. Republicans are always there to fight the issue that doesn't affect us at the moment. To send us down a rabbit hole, a squirrel, hey, go chase that. But the issue of our time, when it matters, how it matters most, Republicans not only are not even a speed bump in front of it, they are complicit, they defend it, they promote it. This is true everywhere. You have these governors, this dirtbag in, in, in uh, Indiana. What's his name? Uh, Honeycomb, Holcomb. Eric Holcomb. This guy's getting up there saying, um, you know, first of all, he's, he's ve- threatening to veto any bill that blocks his um, authority, which is truly sick. And I I don't get it. I mean, those of you who live in Indiana, I mean, you tell me what you're seeing with this guy. I don't get how super majorities there aren't checking him. I only know one person in the legislature there. But things are really, really bad. So, I don't know. I don't know when this is going to end. But anyway, what did I want to say? I lost my train of thought there. Governor Holcomb is proudly meeting with Malik Muhammad. Malik led a giant group of protesters last summer that threatened to storm the governor's mansion and to do awful things to police officers. Malik has now been charged with attempted murder of a police officer in Portland. The Indiana governor, who's a Republican, proudly met with him. This is what we have for an opposition. Should I go on? Should I go on? Arkansas. We've talked a lot about Arkansas recently. Governor Asa Hutchinson. We spoke too soon. He did sign the bill reluctantly, barring men and female sports, but guess what? There was another bill that barred castration for minors. And he's like, as conservatives, we can't... Like, he basically, he vetoed it, and he basically gave some sort of excuse of like, We can't regulate. So literally, we can regulate every aspect of people's lives. You could make them wear a mask. You could do anything you want. You could regulate every aspect of healthcare as regulated by the government. But you can't say no to castration of a minors at that. Doctors could perform that. No, no, no. So he vetoes the bill. I know they have enough to override in the Senate and the House, they should. They have a three-to-one majority, but there's a lot of jerks there. And remember, this is the same guy that vetoed the bill zeroing out the COVID fines. So government can regulate your business, but they can't regulate doctors performing castration of minors. Again, this is what we have for Republicans in America. This is what we have for an opposition. Imagine where we would have been a year into this 
if we actually had an opposition party? Well, I, I will tell you, it wouldn't have gotten off the ground had we had an opposition party. The Republican Party enables and accomplishes for the left what they can never accomplish on their own because if you only had the Democrats, people would rebel. The Republicans jujitsu that energy and opposition into the black hole, re-energizing the initial motion of the Democrats in the first place. That's what we call the ultimate false flag operation. Folks, a year later, this is all rooted in one thing. The indefinite nature of the tyranny. That's what makes it beyond a shadow of a doubt, unquestionably demonic and satanic like the Nazis. It's not like, okay, you know, they're, they're a little bit too OCD about it. They generally want to, you know, save people, but they're just, you know, maybe take it a little bit too far. No. Because if that were the case, you, how could you make it indefinite? Whatever you thought they were scared about or weren't, we, we, we continue to debate the Ferguson model from a year ago. And it's like, to me, it is what it is. Time has proven that that wasn't the issue because they would have stopped it after that first round. It was clear we went through the first round. We never were overrun. We had an insane amount of resources by then. There was nothing more to do. But we continued it and continued and continued. Okay, now it's the vaccine. And they blew by that and it didn't matter. The indefinite nature, and also I would say the fact that they are censoring and blocking any therapeutics. Oh, really? You care so much about COVID. See, if you are such a COVID, COVID, COVID hawk, then you'd be all into vitamin D and zinc and obsess about it in the public and everyone should take it. And No, not a word. See, in that way, it is different than the Nazis, because there they genuinely did care about their things. But again, it's all about what ends are you trying to achieve? This is the tyranny they're instituting to achieve their end. It's the same, same thing. And where you really see this indefinite nature is, I, I, I noted today, I have an article out. A shocking report from Great Britain's Office of National Statistics that 50 5% of people in England have antibodies. Now, it's not all natural infections. Some of it is from, it's picking up the vaccine. But the point is, 55% have antibodies. You know what that means. 20% of people who get the infection never produce antibodies. There's a certain amount of them you know, have, that have had it over the last 6 to 12 months. The antibodies have waned, but the T-cells, they're still immune. They have T-cell immunity. So that likely means that they're at, you know, between the number of people vaccinated and whatever, they're at 80%, I would say. And that's why there's no cases left there. England is the perfect proof of herd immunity. No matter what you do, the input of lockdowns and restrictions and masks do not change the natural ebb and flow until you reach the herd immunity. And once you reach it, it doesn't matter. You will reach it no matter what. Britain reached the point of herd immunity that we were told would happen if you just let it rip. And they had the most draconian, not the most, but among the most draconian um, lockdowns in Europe. And guess what? There's no way. I mean, even if somehow it would percolate a little bit more, maybe there's 5% more people who need to get it. It's certainly beyond the point where hospitals could be overrun. 
So what these antibody tests show is where we've come from and where we're headed. First of all, that you've had this much natural spread, given the restrictions, and B, that once we've reached it and we're still doing this, I mean, look, they're not even at the point in Great Britain, despite the fact that they've reached herd immunity there, clearly, and they don't have any cases. <coughs> it's not until May 17th that they could even have indoor mixing in groups of six or more stadiums, restaurants, hotels being open. till May 17th, as well as international travel. Even non-essential retail and gyms are closed for another week. Now, remember also, there's another very important thing about England. England is the source of the B117 Kent variant. England's the source country, and they have nothing going on there. So the other countries that do, or states that have stuff going on, it has nothing to do with the Kent variant. It's going on because they didn't reach base herd immunity. England did. So the whole variant thing is garbage. It's not about variants. It's not about mass. It's not about lockdowns. It's about the natural ebb and flow until you reach herd immunity. Until it gets there, it waxes and wanes based on seasons and geography. Irrespective of what you do. Until you reach that herd immunity. <clears throat> and again, don't just tell me it's because England had an aggressive vaccination campaign. Because Serbia also did. England does have more people that have one shot. But... Serbia has more people that have both both shots than, than England. And Serbia is at another high. I think they're starting to go down now, but they're at another high. Because again, Serbia, like most Eastern European countries, they barely got anything until the fall. They didn't get anything last year, you know, in, in, um, in the spring. So they're not as far along on natural infection. So even though they have a lot of people vaccinated, but it's not enough to reach the threshold. They're not at that 70 80%. <clears throat> they're only at the number of people that, that were vaccinated. And then you see Texas. Texas, too, likely has some degree of that. Because even with all the illegals coming in, they're not really seeing a spike now because they already had it. They had two large waves. Three and a half weeks after getting rid of the mask mandate. Whatever happened to that? Actually, we're almost four weeks. And Fauci, like a bungling fool, couldn't answer when he was asked. He was like, well, I don't know. It, sometimes it takes some time. Well, it's been four weeks. That is a lot of time. Uh, we, don't, we don't understand everything. I don't, I don't know. And then he said, well, they, they might be doing stuff outdoors. <laughs> so first off, that's interesting. That's an admission that outdoors is not a problem. So Fauci, will you go and call off the dogs and the Karens, mandating people wear them outdoors? No. But when he's backed into a corner, he says, oh, they're doing stuff outdoors. What? They're doing more outdoors than indoors in Texas than in New Jersey and Michigan where it's the cases are going up? Really? <laughs> Not at all. They have much more open indoors in Texas. Then, of course, we have the Czech Republic. You remember the Czech Republic. You could actually Google this if you want. There's, um, I mean, there's a lot of good articles on this. There's a lot of different places you could you could look up. But just Google Czech Republic and masks. Masks save the day. America could learn from the Czech Republic. Because they had almost no cases and they were wearing masks. But as we all know, Eastern Europe, it just didn't go there until later. 
So they had almost no cases until once it came, just like with L.A., Czech Republic is the greatest example. They went from the best in Europe to the worst because it's two sides of the immunity coin commensurate with how little immunity you have built up from the first wave. You're going to have a worse second wave because it's plowing through virgin ground. In other words, it's all based on natural seasonal geographical patterns and how much built up immunity you have. You can't say, oh, it slowed it down. They had the quickest, deepest spread of anywhere in the world, and they were touted as the greatest mask champions of the world. That's where we are. So, um, folks, there is no excuse to doing this indefinitely. But it will be done indefinitely until we stand up. South Dakota is another good example. It barely came there. Then finally it came in the in the fall. So it came fully. They they genuinely seem to have the least restrictions of anywhere. And they have almost nothing. They literally are averaging 0 to 1 deaths per day. And that's because they got hit hard in the, in the, in the fall. And look, on the you know, on that issue Christy Nome deserves credit for standing her ground. According to the Bureau of Economic Analysis, South Dakota's GDP fell by just 1.7% in 2020. Compare that to Great Britain. They plunged 10%. They wound up in the same place. One had all the restrictions, one didn't. South Dakota versus England. They landed in the same place. This was all built on a lie. The fact that you're continuing this now demonstrates one of two things. Either it should be over with because the entire hospitals can't be overrun, so it should be over with on that account. And if you're scared of it, that means that what you've been doing for 12 months hasn't been working. No sane human being could think that what they're doing is working. Again, Nazism was rooted in more legitimate science. I don't mean the eugenicism and the whatever, but you know the initial concern for tobacco and drinking and you know healthy lifestyle what they were promoting initially for a strong country, you know that type of stuff. You know they they made me- medical advances there in the 1930s. This is starting off as a hundred percent fallacy from day one well how do you think that show is going to end well we don't need a history lesson in that don't think you're safe because we're all quote in the same boat don't think that they might have isolated people by you know race and religion in germany they could isolate you by political status and view here or they can get everyone all together almost everyone to join in the tyranny so the next time they tell you this is not nazi germany send this show to every friend and relative you have because this is getting very scary very quickly now again we need our liberty strike force teams you can go to conaction.network to sign up by state Um, We're starting to form a couple more teams. 
one of the things I am going to push is um, FACL, um, F-A-C-L, uh, Foundation for Applied Conservative Leadership Training. I think it's a great kind of reverse Alinsky strategy. Basically, using Alinsky strategy for conservatives is a great training I'd like all of our team leaders and coordinators to take. I think we could learn a lot. I myself need to to learn from that. Um, Shannon Joy, uh, basically, she's I know she's taken that and she recommends it to everyone. And speaking of the devil, she'll hopefully be on the show tomorrow or Thursday to discuss her face-to-face confrontation with the Nazis. Somehow it only seems like if you call someone a Nazi, then it gains their attention. So if that's going to garner attention, if that's going to get people to wake up, then you know what? Let's call these SOBs a bunch of Nazis because that's what they are. Folks, till tomorrow, stay vigilant, stay informed, stay knowledgeable. God bless you all, and thank you for listening.